welcome to episode three of Get the PhD with me, Hannah. Me, Sammy. And me, Tom. episode three in which is going to be focusing on Sammy's PhD. Very excited for that. Yeah. <laughs> How was your Christmases and New Year? It was okay. Um, not much work went on. Um, <laughs> nice long break from everything. Bit of a refresh, a re- reset. Uh, didn't get up to too much. Went home and saw family. Uh, had Christmas Day with my partner in our flat in Cardiff. Um, oh, did you know that? Yeah. Did you? Yeah. Just you two. Yeah, first time not at home. Oh. My mother had some things to say about that. <laughs> um, but yeah, not much actually went on in terms of any PhD work or anything like that, which was kind of bad, kind of good. Mm, it's good to be Mostly good. Yeah, it was nice to not do too much. What Just kind of sit on the sofa. How was yours, Tom? Pretty similar. Don't get much work done. Just told not to pretty much. And then just spending time with family and friends and... Yeah, just trying to recharge, get ready to go straight back into it. did feel very Christmassy this year, though. I don't no. know about any of you. I didn't feel like it was Christmas. Not too much, no. I don't think it really... It was kind of like... Well, me and my partner said we, we kind of... It was like a week or so away from Christmas. And we were a bit like, whoa, that's a bit sudden. Yeah. Like, it just didn't feel like it. It came out of nowhere. Mm-hmm. And I didn't really expect it. What about 2020 goals? 2020. Well, we haven't asked, we we haven't asked how your Christmas was. Oh, yeah, my Christmas was good. Just not very Christmassy. Oh, okay. Yeah. That's fair enough. Hmm? You're sad now? Yeah, it was a bit sad. Got to wait another year now to actually fill Christmas. So 2020 goals. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know if I have many goals. I suppose the only goal I've set out for myself is to try and get some teaching hours. Yeah. My PhD-related one is to pass my MPhil to PhD transfer. I said that's not really a goal because you just need to do that anyway. It's a goal. Yeah, but you need <laughs> to do it. She has to wait for. I know, but it's something that she's also got to do. Can you call that? Yeah. It's like when people say about losing weight. That's not something that they have to do. That's something that they want to do. Doing your transfer I is could... li- like you could not do it. Yeah. But that would go against everything that you've been doing. So it's a goal to do it. Yeah. <laughs> she's aiming for the PhD instead of the MPhil. Yeah. That's true. Mm. What about you, Tom? Um, doing set goals. One of those. Yeah, I just <laughs> if you set them, you don't stick to them, do you? And then you feel worse about it. Um, it depends. Like, I get what you mean. You've you got set... to set realistic. Yeah. Ones. Yeah. Like, the thing for me is, since we started the PhD, we're all about long-term goals, aren't we? Like we're not going to get mm-hmm. something big until what, three years' time when we finish. So I need to find um, something and do like short-term to keep that taking over. I think. Yeah. yeah, I made a Gantt chart recently, just before Christmas. Which really? Have you done a Gantt chart? Yeah, I hate them. I love Gantt charts. You can make them online. Microsoft have got an online Gantt chart making it. So you'd have to do it all through Excel. So it's way easier. It took me like ten minutes. Uh, one I did before that took me about an hour. And is Sammy's procrastination of the week? No, no, no. I've got much better than that. Um, but yeah, so the, I, I would suggest using a Gantt chart if you're thinking of setting yourself milestones throughout your PhD. I think I have to. Because. Like you say, you've, it's all three years, well, for you two it is, hopefully for me. Um, but obviously you can kind of break down lit review in these few months, ethics in this month or two months. And, and popular yeah. opinion, but I just find them really hard to read. Like I feel like there's more 
have you there's better ways have you looked to... at more than one kanchan or at least one style of kanchan maybe not many I'm different styles i'm thinking of like the conventional one it's like little boxes going across and down and yeah see now the ones the that i use are like they're like lines okay it's like a line and then like above the line it says what it is and then at the bottom you've got the months. I get okay. which, I get which one you want about. They we used that on yeah. a research project and it's very cluttered. Yeah. Very difficult to look at. If you want to introduce what your PhD is about really cuz I don't think we've touched on that in detail. Um ever so slightly in the first one I think, but that's long gone in people's memories. <laughs> uh, so I am looking at digital competence of teachers specifically specifically expressive arts teachers in secondary schools. So music, drama, and art in the new Welsh curriculum, uh, and the professional development support that they need to uh, get digital competence skills to the level that they need to be. So uh, I keep kind of look at the current digital competence frameworks, especially the Welsh one and European examples like DigComp Edu, DigComp 2.1, things like that, and look at what skills are most common in all of them. what support they kind of suggest for teachers to reach these goals and then hopefully through doing interviews with uh 15 teachers in the expressive arts area of learning i will be able to kind of see where these cpd needs are being met where they're not being met um things like that and then hopefully the final product say final product the whole product will be the whole research but the output will be a conceptual model that kind of visualizes where the frameworks and my data meet in the middle where they don't meet like agree with each other what areas are being met what gaps there are and kind of how teachers could be better supported in being digitally competent I think the word digitally competent just kind of throws me off initially I don't know why it's a minefield in terms of the yeah. literature you've got digital competence digital fluency digital literacy um oh, so you got 21st century skills digital skills um do they ever mean different things though slight variations normally digital competence although you would look at competence and think it's quite a basic level because you're just competent at something you can do it but competence is actually seen as being quite high level digital literacy is like the highest order of thinking from what i've seen in the literature they kind of take that as being like your your literate like like an expert it's like if you're illiterate yeah yeah kind of yeah so you have really good skills in terms of creativity or communication or i suppose you 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 know how to find the best data on online and how to say if you googled something some people could, like i could say to my nan google something and she would be surfing through hundreds of pages if i wanted to find something in google i would know what keywords to use to eliminate yeah. the irrelevant data and find what i need so it's just things like that really the skills that people kind of almost take for granted i suppose but in terms of the the, the definitions and the terms it's all over the place yeah, <laughs> yeah it's all a bit all over the place so yeah but i thought i'd uh, share some weird and wonderful bits and maybe some tips and tricks and some statements and stuff of technology and education and kind of in our lives in general because I'm quite a big advocate for technology I feel like some other people might not be Hannah <laughs> is much more back, back to basics yeah yeah I'm old school so 
I just kind of, when I was thinking about this podcast and what to do, I was just looking at, because there's the, probably one of the most, like, points where people get touchy and a bit fidgety with technology is when it's associated with children and too much exposure to technology and giving them just a screen in front of their face the whole time. So people kind of worry over the excessive use of iPads particularly and like mobile phones and any kind of mobile technology. And I've heard it quite a lot described as the new babysitter. Yeah. Because people used to TV call the TV the babysitter. Because you'd shove, videos. yeah, because you'd shove your kid in front of the TV. Yeah. They'd watch something, and that'd be that. And I strongly disagree with that because disagree with it in in, in terms of or that it's much it's much more than that. A TV. When you think about it, when you're watching TV, you are passive. You do nothing. You just watch TV. Yeah, you could take in some information if you're watching like a quiz show or something, but technology relies on user input. Mm -hmm. If your child doesn't touch the screen or pick a certain game or put something in or press a button, nothing happens. So they are active within that process. Yeah. And that's kind of where I don't agree with that is because if your child is active within the whole process and isn't just sat there doing nothing, Mm -hmm. surely that's good. It's different parts of it, isn't it? Because if you just put a YouTube link, what's it called, like a continuous playlist of just videos on, then that's yeah. exactly the same as a TV. But yeah, if of you course. are downloading games and engaging... Well, that's something stuff, that I took different. note of. The whole... There's so many apps out there. Yeah. Language apps, maths, English. Like, you can do so much on there that I don't see why you wouldn't want to expose your child to that. But it depends if you just leave the child to do it, doesn't it? Like you say, like, leave them in front of the TV. If you leave them with the iPad, seen a lot of times in school, the first thing they'll do is go straight to YouTube. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that's going to be the exact same thing. Though. Yeah, my nieces and nephews go to YouTube quite a lot. But I don't... That's I, I get what you mean. You need you need a, an adult or, like, a parental supervision and a parental figure... I'd say so. ...to guide it. Of course you do. But that's the whole point, is that you, you use it in that context. You, a parent shouldn't just throw it to them and say, here you go, or a teacher shouldn't just use it as an extension task and not actually think about how they're using it. And that's what I come back to, the skills of decision-making, innovation, creativity, knowing when to use technology and when it's best to use it. There's a whole other thing about fine motor skills and stuff like that. Yeah. We are moving towards like playing with games on iPads rather than playing with toys as much that kind of is just the way we're moving so it is kind of one way of ensuring that fine motor skills it's not quite the same mm. but at least if you're interacting on an ipad you're moving around twisting things maybe moving drag and dropping whereas if you're just passively watching tv then you're not engaging so i do kind of see the main thing i made note of was moderation yeah i suppose it's like you both said well i said as with almost everything in life, moderation. Because I wouldn't give a child an iPad for 10 hours. I wouldn't give myself my phone for 10 hours. Like, I think I've seen mostly, they suggest, like, an hour a day. Yeah. Probably a little bit of YouTube, a little bit of learning apps, and just kind of a bit of everything. Yeah. But I I don't see the issue with it. People seem quite reluctant and kind of, this is kind of moving on to my next point, that technology is taking over. And uh, it's it's gone it's gone too far, and I don't I don't understand that. 
because well, like I already said, it's it's user reliant. We only let it do as much as we let it do. Yeah. Like Alexa in your house is only powered up when you say Alexa. I know some of them have glitches and no, respond to certain things like Siri on your phone, but you know what I mean. Mine makes weird laughs. I don't like that. Mine whispers to me in the mouth. I remember you saying about the whisper mode. (laughs) Yeah, but but you get what I mean. It only does what we kind of let it do, and that's the whole point, is that the person needs to have the skills and the understanding to think, well, should I use it? When do I use it? Things like that. I think the statement technology is taking over is kind of maybe a bit of fear rather than like yeah. it being actually taken over. It's just how fast everything's moved. It is a bit scary and daunting. Like you don't know what the next thing's going to be. Like it does move quickly. If you think of the last 10 years, think of the next 10 years, like we're going to be in a complete different world. And that's why people are kind of like that scare mongering. Like it's taking over. The only thing I kind yeah. of look at in terms of how quickly it's moved has it actually moved that quickly yeah people say like exactly. oh we're on the 11th iphone the last like seven have all been the same think of 10 years ago like in school at least like what they had 10 years ago yeah i was in year year nine i had i had an iphone an i had an ipod whiteboard? yeah that's about it though i had we had computers like these old school no no they were pretty much like these oh, see, we didn't. Like, we had like ancient computers I didn't yeah. well that's Wales for you <laughs> oh. um, but no I think now in the classroom it's completely different <clears throat> like for 10 years will be yeah it'll be interesting I really want to see AR mm. augmented reality yeah. and VR and things that like that all kind of in there and they, they, there's a lot of talk about 360 classrooms now and how you can Higher education put your students in anywhere a good one for that like virtual lectures and oh. that kind of stuff like that wouldn't have been around like i just don't see why you wouldn't use it but mm-hmm. in terms of what we actually let technology do if it can't be done without technology then you just use the technology that's the most simple way you can put it yeah. if the technology lets you do something that you are unable to do without it then you need the technology that, yeah. so like conference calls like you make a yeah 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 anything like that you just you you just have to use it because why would you not use it and i'm sure there's people out there that don't use it because of some kind of resistance or personal preference of oh i won't do that i'm just scared of using a lot of it like you don't know how to use it and it can go wrong but then you just teach yourself it's like my masters like i had all my data on my computer and i had a button just saying export to excel I didn't trust that. I said, they all buy pen and paper and put it into Excel. I was super reluctant. Like, it's only this year where I'm working on my laptop at home, my computer here, that I've used OneDrive. Yeah, Otherwise, yeah. I'm too scared that it'll delete. It's all on the like, cloud. Yeah, it's not there. It's not physically saved onto my computer. Well, by the time you need it, it just won't be. Like, that's just luck. I know what I used to do was send it to myself on email. Email. Then it's definitely yeah. there. But now I just use OneDrive. Or worst comes to worst, I'll use the USB. But then even on OneDrive, if you accidentally delete something, like I leave my laptop open and it's on something, and like it accidentally, I accidentally press delete or something, and I don't notice, and then I go back into it and it's gone. So I I, that know. doesn't seem like a problem with the technology. That seems like a problem with you. <laughs> you know, all these horror stories of user. people like losing their dissertations because their computers crashed. Or Just back like it that. up. Yeah, but what if OneDrive crashed? Yeah, put it on a USB. Back it up three down. or four times. Yeah, but then doing all that work instead of just using pen and paper. Well, you're going to write your dissertation on pen and paper. I know, but I'd love to do <laughs> that. You've got more than that on OneDrive, haven't you? Um, what do you mean? 
like I save like papers to OneDrive or something, but all the notes I make on them I'll do in pen and paper. Like I won't annotate on a Word document or something like that. No, I hate that. Um, I suppose that kind of comes down to personal preference. I'll print out quite a lot of journals and highlight and stuff. But throughout my degree, I, I any kind of notes I made or quotes I took from certain books or journals were on my computer. They weren't on. On my laptop. It's like physical, physical, like being able to highlight and annotate physically. It's just you're completely vis- You're different. a visual learner. <laughs> you're a doer. I've got a whole rainforest for my PhD. I'm and this is why. Bad. It's bad. Why do you not use a computer? You are you are wasting paper. I can't read on the computer. I can't annotate on the computer. I can't. That's fair as well. I get tired from reading on the computer yeah. for too long. You need glasses then. I You've got, got glasses. glasses. Have you got anti-glare? <laughs> I don't know. Probably not. <laughs> Anti glare. Or turn the brightness on your computer down. I, just, I don't know. These are things that you can control. That's what I mean. We're in control of technology. People saying that it's taking over. We literally have control over. If it. you have the understanding. Well, that's where. No, but you need. People then need to educate or upskill themselves to have that understanding. Yeah. You can't be afraid of something that you don't understand. You can, because you don't understand it. But you need to then take the time to actually understand it. Otherwise, it's just being ignorant. What it is, just something about paper notes is just so much easier. Well, because you know where they are. I've made note here in terms of if it can't be done without technology, use technology. If it can be done without technology, then you make a choice. Yeah. And it's kind of making a choice based on, I suppose, it's dependent on each person. Somebody might be so eco-friendly and environmentally conscious that they won't use paper. But then you could have somebody who will do it because they, like you say, they think they learn better that way. Yeah. Don't know what that would be founded upon. Oh, no, but like I just don't get why you would think that. I suppose maybe just because it's what you're used to. I think it's just practice, isn't it? That must be just what it It could be. That's how we were brought up, though, isn't it? We wrote in textbooks and it's like exercise yeah. books and stuff. Maybe that's yeah. different in the future. Yeah. Well... This is the whole, I'm coming on to it soon, but the whole pen and paper, like, why get rid of it? You don't need pen and paper. See, people remember. people say about handwriting especially and how kids in the future won't know how to write yeah, by hand. Yeah, I was just going to say. Like, what's the difference between an iPad screen and a touch pen? A massive difference. No, no, it's not. Right, there's, there's, my note, there's my notepad. That's, a that's, now, that's now an iPad. That's now an iPad. This is... This is a pen. It's now a touch pen. There's different pressures. There's different, like, no. That's art. If you see a student write down, like, an iPad with the paper, I think it's different. Yeah, I can't write neatly on an iPad. I don't think so. I couldn't tell it was the same page writing just by looking at it. You'd have no chance of writing on an iPad. Your writing is tiny. Yeah, that as well. It wouldn't register, like, some of my writing. It just wouldn't. And then, like, you can't press your hand down to, like, write properly because then that's going to affect it. You'd want to, like, write, like, your hand up almost. Like... I think, um, no, I think there's a complete difference between a pen I don't and a touch so. pen. I don't, I don't think, think so. Yeah, I don't think they're the same. I just, no. The pressure, the feeling, the fine motor skills. Yeah, you're still holding a pen, but you're holding it in a completely different way. If you have to sign something... All right, well, let's park that, because we're coming, <laughs> we're coming on to that at Agree some point. Agree to disagree. So, well, it's, it's the whole, like I said, making a choice, and I suppose time efficiency, quality... All different factors, whether you should use the technology or not, and come into a decision. And it's that the skills of being able to come to that decision. Yeah. That is why technology will not take over. 
And I make a specific point towards teachers being irreplaceable if they have these skills. I have a quote from George Koros. I don't know who he is, but it's a quote from him. <laughs> technology will not replace great teachers, but technology in the hands of great teachers can be transformational. In terms of technology cannot do anything without somebody there to facilitate it. But do you think it will reduce teachers then? No. Like you could have a bigger class with like augmented reality, is that the right word for it? Or what's it called? Virtual reality teacher. Like, but, but that's still a teacher. Engagement. But that's one teacher and that's teaching 60 pupils at a time yeah. or that's one teacher it's pre-recorded it teaches kids across the country across the globe and what's wrong with that well no i'm just saying do you think that it will be it could be but that's that's the whole point is that the opportunities are endless but you still need a teacher and less potentially though less in some ways not in the other in other ways it could take away from like with lectures yeah lecturers a lecturer does a lecture and just mass produces information. If you could record that, VR, AR, whatever, and then just everyone can watch it, everyone can access it through a headset or yeah. at home, whatever, why wouldn't you do that? It's so much more time efficient. Yeah, that's true. And then the seminars are then the more based on the teacher facilitating the learning. And then you still need them. I just, I don't see how it's going to take over when, like I said, we 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 have control over it there's nothing to be afraid of the robots are going to take our jobs so I, I suppose moving off the back of that quote I've got five kind of like air quotes crazy statements on technology things that I think are kind of almost like really weird things to think about technology and I kind of wanted to yeah. see what you two thought so you on don't them. agree with these I don't agree with these okay I feel like we missed. I, no, yeah. I, I agree with I agree with some, don't agree with others. I, I suppose I'll say I'll say it, and then I'll kind of say what I think, and then I'll see what okay. your views are. So number one, can't beat pen and paper is the is the Love first one. Pen and paper. Kind of based you on you, Hannah. No, I think for certain things, a hundred percent you can beat pen and paper. But I think generally, for me personally, a lot of my life is pen and paper. To do lists, pen and paper. Notes for presentations would be pen and you paper. You literally have an app on your phone Annotated. called Notes. Yeah, but it's not the same. Why? I, I can't think the same typing and I can write it. I really feel like I can get stuff down on paper. I don't feel like I can get it down on a computer. I don't know whether it's the keyboard aspect rather than like, I don't know, but I just like writing things. But I do agree in some ways that technology is a lot better than pen and paper, a lot more efficient. Stuff like registers, like that doesn't need to be on pen and paper. Like no. you can easily have an electronic system to do that. So depending on what it is, I do love pen and paper. See, I agree. My life would be a lot different without pen and paper. Because I can type fast, but I write really slow. And it's while I'm writing, I'm more critical. And I've got more time to think about what I'm like, looking at, what I'm reading. And that's giving me more time to think about it. Like. See, I see pen and paper as much more of a get it down, scribble it down kind of thing. Whereas typing is much more of a thought out all right this is kind of like I suppose that's just from a doing coursework and assignments kind of basis when I'm typing up on a word document that is almost always the final document kind of thing so I'll edit that as I go along and think about it as I type it out 
I feel like in the back of my brain is research that I've read somewhere that says something about that association. <laughs> like, no. well, I swear, yeah. I have to have a look because I swear there is stuff that says, like, you're physically putting stuff down, like, there's nothing more that reinforces learning than physically. Like, oh, no, I, I get what you like, it just. I'm sure I've seen something like that. Typing. And that's why in lectures for uni students, they encourage write, writing notes yeah. and not just sitting there. Mm-hmm. But I don't know. I don't know about that. Half and half on that one. So you you kind of agree? Don't okay. I I can accept that. What about you, Tom? Is it the same? I think we need pen and paper. (laughs) Give it the 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 (laughs) statement. The statement. The statement is can't beat pen and paper. Yeah. So yeah, I think we need it. Like beating it would be replacing it, wouldn't it? If it beat Um, it, then it'd be gone. Yeah, I suppose. So I think we need it. You've got three different opinions. Yeah. That's fine. <laughs> so number two, technology makes us antisocial. Yes, a hundred and ten percent. I cannot. Yes. I cannot stand that statement. Oh, I absolutely agree with every single aspect of that statement. Why? Oh, I just I think I even do it. I just fall into a world where, like I sometimes don't even hear someone speaking to me. So I'm so engrossed. And yes, you're on social media socialising. Yeah, but that is not the same. There is no social skills. Like it's all online. In face is completely different. Like, but that's not that's not technology make, making you antisocial. That is, your, that is your that is your choice. Okay, okay, okay. You have chosen you, to be on your okay, phone while someone's yeah, talking. Okay, to. That's a it's because the choice is there, though, isn't it? The but, technology is yeah. given to you the choice to do it. I hate how people will sit on. That's like blaming for... technology that someone has made it. It didn't. It didn't ask to be this created. Is, oh, this is, <laughs> like, no, but it's like there's so, so many that like the inventors regret making them, isn't it? I get what you mean. A lot I get what you mean. It's used for the wrong things. Yeah. Did, like my granddad always, he'll go on a walk and he'll say hello to every single person he sees. Yeah. And lots of them like have their headphones in, up be on the phones, and won't respond. And I'm like, our generation is just not like that. If you say hello to them in the street, you're a complete. Yeah, that won't happen in a couple of years. Why do you? Happen. That bugs me. People sit on sit on trains, buses, and cafes and just won't talk to each other. They just be on social media. But you do the same you thing. You talk though. to people you I'm know. I'm sure you do the same. Yeah. I do because if I can talk to someone, if it's like conversation like that comes up, I will like. But but it's will hard you to initiate will you go will you say you had to get on a train later today? Mm-hmm. Would you go on the train and not and think I'm not going to put my headphones in case I have a conversation with someone? Mm, no, because people <laughs> exactly. people are the same though. Everyone else around you's got their headphones in. If Someone was on a train sat next to me with like no social media whatsoever, and I wasn't on my phone. We'd probably have a conversation, like, and that's that's the kind of that's thing. That's not that I the think world we, we live. That's I not know. the world we live in. That really bugs me. I think I love technology, and I do really enjoy being on my phone. But like, I think we are missing a little bit of socialization. I really do. <laughs> I also hate the whole like, say my partner's brother will like gain quite a lot, and people will see that as an antisocial thing. Because he's on his computer a lot throughout the day, he is talking to people around the world yeah. that he would not communicate with otherwise. It's good for that bit, like you do get to socialise with people over the world. Yeah. That's brilliant, especially in academia. Like PhD Twitter is brilliant. So yeah, you exactly. Get like, different opinions everywhere. Like great, but I do think we need to put it down a little bit more. That, like, like why, I said, that is based on the user. That is your yeah, choice. Yeah, like oh, my boyfriend, you can't speak to him when he's on it. He will not respond. He can't multitask. He does not know how to speak to him. And it's insane. It's like, I want to just like... That's his choice. He needs to him. make a conscious effort to be better at that. 
It's not the technology's fault. The technology hasn't made, made him okay. antisocial. Yeah, but the way society has now adapted to technology, the way, like, It's a big contributor. Yeah. Yeah, like, if you think about, like, your grandparents' generation, how different interactions would have been, like, I kind of would like to have experienced that a bit more than I did. I... I just don't. I just don't see it as that. I suppose I don't know. It's that whole thing of people kind of say like, "Oh, I was born in the wrong generation." Oh, like, yeah, I, I think that. It baffles me though. There's a bunch of humans all on the same thing, and they're not talking. No one exchanges anything yeah. apart from maybe like a thank you or like. Have you have what? you seen have what? you seen pictures that are that are uh, like compared? So there's people like I don't know, say like five or six people on a bus, and they're all on their phone, and people yeah. are like. Oh God! T- technology's taken over, and then there's a picture in from like the 1920s, 1930s. People sat on a bus, and every one of them has a newspaper open in front of them, just look reading yeah. that and not talking to each other. Maybe, maybe it's exactly I've just the got same a complete thing. wrong like view of it, and that people didn't talk then, and they'd just be looking at. Them they might have talked a bit more, but, but I think there's got to, yeah, there's got to have been some extent of interaction, like because you've got to desire that human interaction more than now you get it on your phone. Whereas back then you. Maybe people don't, but me especially, I'd love. So, so you think technology? So, do you think technology makes us antisocial? The way you word it, you're going to trip me up on. But I think the way we use technology in our generation makes us antisocial. Yeah. Okay. I think the way people sometimes like don't even know you've said something because they're on their phone is just rude. Okay. But the way that's being explained, technology itself. Tom. I'm not as strong as the <laughs> Like I think it contributes to it, but I wouldn't say it makes us more antisocial. Like you said, it is how you use it. Exactly. I agree with that. Okay. Number three, I quite like this this quote. Uh, getting information off the internet is like taking a drink from a fire hydrant. What? <laughs> getting information off the internet yeah. is like taking a drink from a fire hydrant. Fire hydrant, one of those things on the pavement in America. Yeah, I know. Sprays loads of water out. So basically, it's like saying, trying to get information off the internet, you have so much thrown at you that you can't. It'd almost be impossible. Like trying to take a drink from a a fire hose. No. No, because if I was doing that, that would be it. You want to know something, a simple answer to something, you Google it and you get an answer to the top thing. Well, this is is where I come back to having the skills to be able to do that. If I said to my nan... Or my mum even. C- can you Google this? They wouldn't know where to start. Yeah, I think that is a skill. And it's, it's the whole thing of trusting certain sources. Mm-hmm. A lot of people you know will take Wikipedia for gospel, even though anyone can edit it. <laughs> yeah. I know normally it's quite good, but people will take it for gospel. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's true. And also, like I said earlier, having the ability to think of keywords and yeah. eliminating the pointless sort And it's sometimes out of the box. Like, you know, if you search something, I can't think of a good example, but you know it won't come up with what you want. Yeah. Like Amber, for example, earlier when we said about searching PI, and she was like, make sure you search PI in academia because otherwise it won't come up with what yeah. you want. Like, just having that. But I think we have that so built into us in our generation that it's not even a consideration. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's just, I just really like that quote, but I also don't agree with it yeah. because you have the you it's almost like if you had a water fountain that sprayed out you had three settings the right amount too much or way too much you wouldn't go up to it and press the way too much yeah it's like you wouldn't go on to google and type in 50 words yeah. you would know all right i need to limit it to keywords i know what keywords i want i know what sources i trust and you'd find it yeah like if you're after a song you don't just type in music. exactly like in that way i'd agree with the statement then i just say you need to know how to handle it 
because there is a lot of information. He does get checked out here. He's got no. Yeah, I suppose. Yeah, that's an interesting take. Start. Yeah, that's an interesting take on it. I suppose it's it's like trying to take a drink from a fire hydrant, except for you need to know how to turn it off. <laughs> you need to know how to turn it down. <laughs> okay, so how do you feel about that statement? Do you agree? Disagree? Disagree. Disagree. Yeah. You think that it's easy to, if you have the right skills, it's yeah, easy to control. Yeah, the skills, it's fine. And like, even if you haven't, I think you can kind of. I don't think it's as dramatic as it's making it out to okay. be. Tom. No, I do agree that you get a lot of information. I just think you know how to handle it. Mm -hmm. okay. So I think it does work. Come to kind of a decent consensus yeah. there. It's the first time. <laughs> so number four, technology. This is from Steve Jobs. Okay. This is one of the only ones I know who it's from. <laughs> so technology is nothing. What's important is that you have faith in people, that they are basically good and smart, and if you give them tools, they'll do wonderful things with them. Mm. So it's kind of coming back to what I've been saying. There's quite a theme coming through here, where technology is user reliant. Yeah. Mm -hmm. if, if you put your phone, like your phone is on the side there, at the moment it is doing nothing, mm -hmm. literally nothing. And it's the whole you need to you it's need fine. to do something to make it do what it can do. Yeah. And it's the whole I suppose it's just people kind of think of technology as this all being thing. It only does what we let it do and it only does what we kind of want it to do. Is that true though? I think so. I don't know. Because in some circumstances people get forced into using technology they might not want to use. In what way? Like for example in some supermarkets now they've taken out cashiers and it's like just just scanners you like what's good just sell scanners. Yeah. Some people like odd people might not feel comfortable might not want to be using that kind of stuff but you're forced to use it. I don't know if I've kind of gone off the statement a little bit there but like it's not always just there like it's not always like as you say in the phone's just there like i don't have to use it if i don't need to or want to but in I get some you circumstances you don't have an option anymore you've got to be using technology otherwise you're falling behind but do we need to push towards that not necessarily no not in but why well, why, why would why would a supermarket pay to have a cashier or somebody on the till like five tills in the supermarket mm -hmm. when they can have technology that is there doing it all the time. It's more like much more time for efficient. their business, right? Like for their money, blah, blah, blah. But like people, like it's quicker, queues build up, people don't know what they're doing, taking ages, like things weighing up wrong, don't know how to pay this thing in. And then it just ends up being you need people there anyway to control what's going on. So it probably would have just been equal. Just to scan it through, get it done, gone. I think as well, though, when I had my arm in the sling and was buying stuff, I needed the cashier to bag stuff. The machine wouldn't do that. Yeah, like disabilities and stuff. Like That's true. It's needed for some people. Yeah, mm -hmm. no, that's true. And then you have to have people there anyway, like monitor on it. And yeah, but there's that's the difference of if you have, normally in a supermarket, you'll have one person supervising 10 self-service tools. And then you're waiting like five minutes for someone whilst they deal with everyone else's problems. Like... Yeah. I think there's some, and especially with like um, old people having to apply for stuff, like they've been forced to do it online and they don't have access to stuff. So I get what you mean, yeah. They've I've kind of gone off the point a little no, bit. No, no, like, it's all relevant things to talk about. I do think it's being forced a little bit, like eventually we'll get there, but I think people deserve the option of like. In banks is the worst. They force mm -hmm. you to go to like these machines that are going to like a cashier or something. Yeah. What's wrong with that? I don't know. Well, like think. a deposit or something. Yeah, it's like a deposit or withdrawal or something. If you want to do that and ask like a simple question or something, you can't do that at the machine. 
Well then, queue up. Oh, yeah, that's what I do. And then they're like, oh no, come on, it'll be much easier here. Yeah, and then you, if you, I'm sure if you explained, yeah. oh look, I want to ask a question or. Yeah, they do yeah, <laughs> But I suppose you've gone off a, a little bit off yeah. topic here. But it's just the whole thing of, again, it's based on the person, and we have control over it. Mm-hmm. Ultimately, we do. Yeah. Like you say with self-service checkouts, yes, it's been forced upon some people, but someone has made that decision. The technology hasn't just walked into the shop yeah. and gone, I'm here. <laughs> somebody's put it there and somebody's done that. And whether it was the right decision or not is up for debate. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. I, uh, I don't know. A bit of a wishy-washy thing. I get what you mean, yeah. I don't know. I just... It's very... Broad. I feel like, like like it says, it's, it's, t- it's a tool. Mm-hmm. Technology is a tool. Yeah. That facilitates us doing good things. Well... It can sometimes be bad things in some people's eyes, but that's just kind of where I was getting at with that one in terms of. What about when it does stuff you don't want it to, though? Like what? <laughs> like, I'm going down more like, since now now, and it's actually happened. I was in, there's a 2000 forecast, it was chucked full of technology, it just wasn't the best. So I'm going down, it's like 70 mile an hour, then all of a sudden my car slams its brakes on to a dead stop in the fast lane of the motorway with another car behind me. He's lucky to still be alive. They chucked it on because the technology in the car noticed like a little notch in the brake or something. And they thought I was braking. But just because mm-hmm. I needed that little nut repaired like in the back of my car, the, the car didn't know that. It thought I was braking. So it just slammed the, all the brakes on. There was all that really interesting stuff. I can't remember what car company was. But um, in America, where all the cars were just accelerating and they couldn't stop them. There's a podcast on revisionist history about it, and it's really interesting. Mm. But not Tesla. Um, I can't think of the car brand, but they were just accelerating. Like There were so many circumstances. Sure, it wasn't just going. No, it was a fart <laughs> in the car. Sounds like a film. They had to record all the cars. Yeah. They had to record, and it cost them I more. think I've heard about that. Yeah. It's quite recent-ish, I think. But... Yeah kind of it, like in the last 20 years probably. Um, See, that's technology taking over, they're trying to kill us off. <laughs> but I get what you mean with that, but then that's a fault with the technology, and that's, that's probably I mean, a fault with how it's been programmed and how somebody's done that. Oh yeah, but all technology is human made, isn't it? So anything um, can be overlooked. Yeah, yeah, of course. But I suppose that's again, that's that technology is nothing. It didn't work because the person who created it or put in the program or the coding or whatever for it to do what it should do didn't do it right. So the technology that you had in your car was wrong and therefore just did... Still almost killed me. Yeah, yeah, yeah I'm, not, I'm not doubting that. <laughs> but that's what I mean is that the technology didn't do anything wrong. The person who put in what that technology needed to do did something wrong. It was Toyota, I can add that in now. Toyota? Yeah, when? Toyota. 2009 to 2011. Oh, okay. But yeah, they had a couple of accidents and stuff. Oh. Unintended acceleration. So. Lovely. Thanks for that side. Sorry. <laughs> so, <laughs> kind of the last crazy statement. Um, the great myth of our times is that technology is communication. They're basically saying that. Technology is not any form of communication and... Is not. So the great myth of our times is that technology is communication. So it's a myth that technology is a form of communication or facilitates any form of communication. It's 100%. It is. Of course it is. Like you say, social media... I disagree with that. No. Conference calling, things like that. I just put that one in just because as soon as I read it, I thought, well, 
we've all come to a nice agreement quite quickly. Oh, that must have been something where they had an idea in their head and just worried it wrong. Maybe, maybe, maybe. Okay, so now moving on to the next section, which is the procrastination of the week. Um, I haven't actually thought of mine yet, so does someone else want to start? <laughs> Tom, you can go first. Are we counting for all of Christmas? Yeah, this can yeah, yeah, this since is the last podcast. Since the last podcast, yeah. I spent a lot of my time over Christmas playing Monopoly on the Xbox. <laughs> I don't understand this. Like, We've already the spoke game, about this. A right. physical game is not the same. Pen and paper. <laughs> Pen and paper. <laughs> So we were just on the Xbox and some friends went, oh, she just buy Monopoly for a laugh. Oh, God. So we did. Four of us went on it and all of a sudden we got loads of different friends joining the party going, oh, we have a game. They end up, people are rushing home to try and get into a game of Monopoly with their friends at this point. Like, oh, yeah. It happens. I've got Monopoly on my PS4. Oh, my God. But it's so much easier. You don't have to faff about the money. Oh. I, I prefer it. But it's just, it was a laugh, but it was procrastinating. Like, Oh, it sounds like something that you do over the Christmas period, but to the extent that you did it, probably not. <laughs> Normally it's, it's oh, it's Christmas well Day, I'll play it with the family. Not people are rushing home to play Monopoly. I haven't rushed on, but people are rushing from work to get back before <laughs> like, the game is full. Yeah, I think that's, I think that's a, a fair... But yeah, that's my procrastination. Okay. Not too bad, Sammy. Why, why not you? Um... So my procrastination of the week, some people may know about it, may not know about it, I think you two know about it, is Sporkle. Yeah, is Sporkle. a website where you can do a whole amazing range of quizzes on tons of topics. I can almost name the top 100 Harry Potter characters, and Tom knows every city by flag. Every country, a country by flag. Every single every one. Country. Every testing. Yeah, every country. You claimed you knew all Harry Potter names. Yeah, I've got out of practice with it. I need to get back into it. I'm a few girls on the So I've actually took the time, I'm really dedicated to this procrastination of the week thing, that I've picked out my top five favourite quizzes on screen. Here we go. So, number one, can you name the scorers in the Premier League with at least 100 goals in football? Nope. I really yeah, like this one. one. This is one that I do probably once a month, just to refresh my knowledge. Because it always updates, you know. Like something you, got, you need to know. you got Harry Kane, who's come in there recently, scored quite a few goals. Mm-hmm. you got your your your, like, your people that stay there all the time, like Aaron, Alan Shearer, Thierry Henry, Frank Lampard, Stephen Gerrard, people like that. Then you get the odd like curveball, like Emil Heskey. Oh, he wasn't that good. Or Darren Bent or Peter Crouch scored at 100. 108. So does this update very often? Um, it depends how quickly people score goals. The most recent people to go in are Harry Kane and Romelu Lukaku. Uh, probably Romelu Lukaku was like a year and a half ago now. Harry Kane was about a year ago. So it's good. It's quite, yeah. it's quite good. You I think the last time that I did it earlier, last time it was updated was May this okay. year. So, well, last year, technically, actually. So my second favourite quiz on Sporkle is in sense a bit of theme here, it changes at some point. All-time Premier League teams, so that's the Premier League from 1992 to present. Oh, I've made that try That is brilliant, because you will get people who think, oh, that's really easy, and then they won't oh. think about Swindon or Oldham or Bradford or teams like that, or maybe Blackpool, no. who were there for a season. No, and people, just don't, <laughs> people yeah. just don't think about them. People just don't think about them. Or sometimes you get complacent and you forget, like, I don't know, a Tottenham or somebody really obvious. And you get really angry. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and then, you know, you sit there and you, you're really disappointed with yourself. And then you need to do it again and get more. Okay. So, number three, this is a bit of a, a weird one, but one that my partner got me into, is Disney song lyrics. Oh, 
Oh my god. I'm glad I weren't for that. So you just quite simply just search Disney song lyrics in Sparkle and you need to yes, name yeah. every lyric to I don't know, let it go from Frozen. And or... of course you're really good at that. Yeah. I know. Yeah. <laughs> I just I just like them, just test your knowledge. There might be a little section okay. of the song that you know the tune of but can't figure out the words oh, off and you know, it really irks you. Um number four, name every country in the world. I suppose kinda of oh, along the flags theme. You'd be good. Naming every country. There's a few that people just don't think of, like Marshall Islands or Solomon Islands. Yeah, never that. <laughs> um, there's a few kind of like areas of the world, like Tuvalu, places like that, Fiji, those mm. kind of countries. Or maybe someone's in Africa, like Djibouti, yeah. somewhere like that. You just wouldn't think of. Or you could forget an obvious one, like Turkey, yeah, China, somewhere like actually. that. Very difficult. Number five, uh, this is one that I've spent a lot of time playing, actually, because there's so many of them. Uh, can you find the secret country in time? So this you get given you, you get now. given a map of the world. Yeah. And you've got a guess. I think it's you get a minute, and you've got a guess the random country that it, that it is selected for that one like attempt. And when you put in a country, it will come up, and the color of it is how near or far away you are from the country oh, that okay. is selected. Like hot and cold. Yeah. So red is like your hot. Your hot. Blue is cold. Does it give you clues? No, it's literally the heat map is the clue. So the one that's been selected is black, and then everything like close to it is red, everything far away is blue. Okay. So I figured out a bit of a tactic that if you put in Russia and Mexico as so your first two, place. Russia, because it's quite big, has yeah. a lot bordering it, and it's quite like good for Europe and Asia. And then if you put in Mexico, and South America, and, and then hmm. you kind of could quite quickly narrow it down to like, a quarter of the world or a fifth of the world. <laughs> and that's what we were doing earlier, so that's really good. Um, yeah, so that's my top five. There's many more out there. I'm not sponsored by Sporkle, neither is this podcast. Yeah. I don't want to follow this now, because you've just said a really good one. <coughs> What's your procrastination of the week, Hannah? I think anything I can think of. Faking oh, being ill. No, I'm actually there, yeah, thank you. Um, I tidied our kitchen area research house today, which involves shoving a lot of stuff in the cupboards. And I went to Ikea in the half term. I can't believe you did that. that. And I got new cutlery, plates, bowls, cups. Sammy's made very good use of the cups, see? So yeah, no, it's been handy. Brilliant. So that's kind of my procrastination. It's not d- very interesting following that one, but it's benefited you all. Not really with Tom, you don't really see it. <laughs> you, didn't, but... you don't drink hot drinks. Um, it's not a bad one. It's progressive. It's alright. It depends how much detail you give, though. Like, you went to Ikea. Did you put a lot of thought into what you bought, or did you just grab it and go? Did you go there literally for that, or were you there anyway? I was there anyway, but... but like These kind of details you need to include. I actually put lots of stuff in the world. I cleaned up the jars. So you sound like you're bored talking about it. Yeah, it was quite boring. Is it procrastination? It's a procrastination, yeah. of course it is. You were yeah. in work, but instead of doing work, you've tidied. Yeah, but it needs to be done. Yeah. How well, it, um, it did. It needed to be done in the sense of it wasn't very hygienic, but it wasn't like a, oh my God, it's got to get done. It annoyed me. So well, I'm that's happy now it looks clean. But I don't know whether that's a fun no, it's or a not. good procrastination. Especially after your one, you put so much thought into it. That's just... I'm in the top five. Well... I thought I'd share my favourite. Yeah, you could have literally just said sports. Listeners to this podcast, however little or few or many there may be, or either you two, could go out and, like that country one, I think you'd love it. Yeah, you'll definitely uh, I do don't know how to go back. Exactly, yeah. so I thought that's why I'd share it. Your fascination for next. People can, people can kind of, you know, have a little look for themselves, maybe test out some of the ones I've suggested, or 
go, go down some kind of pothole of other ones <laughs> at the same time. So, yeah. so, so does that kind of conclude this part? Oh, no, we need, we to, need to vote on who. I think that was clear. Yeah. Yeah, we don't even need to discuss that. You've put too much effort in for us. I haven't put too much you. effort. Now you set the bar. Bar. I know where I need to go. That's twice in a row now. Yeah. yeah. I'm two yeah. nil up. Two nil up. Wow. Maybe we shouldn't do puns. <laughs> I think Can't we should. That start to lose. <laughs> That's it for this week. So next week will be Tom's turn to introduce his PhD and give us a bit of a. Are you going to kind of follow the theme of doing a bit of a quiz go, yeah. kind of thing? A bit okay. of a quiz or some insights. Like opinionated like sort of thing. Yeah. Again, apologies, we haven't got into the podcasting room, the proper studio recording room yet, so we're just making do for now. Um, but yeah, if you've got to the end, well done. Thank you for listening. Thank you for listening. <laughs> See you next week. Get the PhD.